T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. On a Monday evening, Brad Young sitting in with you for the next three hours. It'll be uh, three hours of radio adventurism, I promise you. We've got lots on tap this evening. And uh, we're going to be talking to radio legend, Johnny Rabbit in the next segment, about 8.15, 8.17, somewhere around in there. So except for the time that we're talking to Johnny Rabbit for the entire rest of the evening, phone lines will be open. I've got lots of stuff to talk about, but you know what? The thing about at your service is that it's not just a slogan. It's a commitment. And so if you've got questions, if you've got topics, listen, uh, during the day, you know, you've heard me lots here on Camo X over the years. I'm the legal analyst here uh, and also obviously fill in host from time to time, trying to fill those great big shoes uh, that were left here. In fact, they're still in the studio. I think they're about size 18 that Ryan Recker left in here uh, after he moved from uh, Overnight America to St. Louis Talks, which of course, can be heard every day right here on Camo X from 11 to 2. Uh, but in any event, during the evening, we want to be at your service. So that's the beauty. That's the amazing part of Camo X. I'm going to give you legal advice worth 350 bucks an hour. It doesn't cost you a thing. I mean, I won't even ask for a check. Now, I got to tell you, you know, it's not technically legal advice. The Missouri Bar Association tells me uh, that I have to warn you that it's not attorney-client privileged information, but subject to that, we can have fun. We're going to talk about legal issues. We're going to talk about political issues. We're going to discuss the news of the day, and it's far more interesting when you participate. So except for the interview tonight, if you want to call uh, after the interview, 314-436-7900, or you can text at any time. I've got the text screen right up here in front. In fact, I've already gotten two texts here, and we've been on the air for two minutes. So feel free to give us a call or text at any time, 314-436-7900. In the news today, you've heard Sean Michael Lyle talk about some of the news today. And uh, one of the big stories of the day, the U.S. women's soccer team lost to Canada 1-0, to zero, and they're out of the Olympics. Uh, Megan Rapino is out. But uh, listen, I want to tell you, I want to go on the record right here tonight. 
and tell you that I do not believe the rumor that Canada was able to beat the U.S. women's soccer team by repeatedly playing the U.S. national anthem, which would force the U.S. soccer team to kneel in protest during the game. I do not believe that rumor. I think that's a false rumor that, you know, can you imagine if they kept playing the national anthem during the game and all this, all the American uh, uh, left-wing uh, soccer players had to keep kneeling to in protest during the national anthem? Of course they would lose. Uh, and apparently that's what happened in the first game as well. But listen, that's a that's just a vicious rumor, folks, and I'm going to try to put that to rest right here. Uh, speaking of rumors, Sarah Palin is in the news. Uh, she is hinting that she may run for the U.S. Senate against rhino Republican in name only Lisa Murkowski up in Alaska. What do you think? Should she run? We'll be talking about that tonight as the show proceeds uh, about whether we really want Sarah Palin in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I think her voting record would be a lot better than Lisa Murkowski. I can assure you of that. Speaking of legal issues, the legal spat between the Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, St. Louis City and St. Louis County. You heard about this last last Monday, I believe it was. Eric Schmidt filed a lawsuit against the city and the county, specifically stating that they're violating uh, violating the new what was called HB or House Bill 271 that Governor Parson signed into law uh, in June which specifies that uh, the executive of either a city or a county cannot issue a mask mandate if it's countermanded by the legislative body. And in the county, that's the county council. In the city, it's the Board of Aldermen. And in the city, the Board of Aldermen has not ratified uh, what the mayor has done. Certainly in the county, we know that not only have they not ratified it, but the St. Louis County Council has specifically rejected the mask mandate, and yet... And yet Sam Page, Dr. Sam Page, uh, continues, continues to assert that his mask mandate is valid, even though it's been voted down by the county council. Well, a legal move today, uh, actually last week, the county uh, asked a judge to move it to federal court, stating that there were federal court issues here, federal issues. So this morning, the federal judge took a look at it and said, there's nothing here. There's nothing here that it, that involves federal law. Uh, and so he kicked it right back to the state court. So there's another hearing tomorrow morning on that uh, in St. Louis County about who prevails in this spat between the, the county executive, the Missouri attorney general, and the St. Louis County Council. Uh, the other thing you actually heard Sean Michael Lyle mention at the top of the hour, uh, Congress has failed and the Biden administration has failed to extend the federal moratorium on housing evictions. And in uh, a move that, boy, it just really warms the cockles of my heart. Uh, it brings warmth and good feelings of good joy and tidings when I see Cory Bush camping on the steps of the U.S. Capitol protesting the moratorium on evictions. In other words, people should be allowed to live where they want to live for free and not pay rent. That's a pretty sweet deal. So my point this, this evening, and we'll get into this in great detail as the evening unfolds, 
about how this truly fits in with a strategy that was first articulated in the 1960s by social activists in order to create a system that was more conducive to Marxism. I'll break all that down. I can't mention it here before the break because how often, how often do you get a chance to talk to or listen to a true legend? Well, we're going to get that opportunity tonight. We're going to hear from the true radio legend himself, Johnny Rabbit, telling us what he's doing, what he's got coming up, and most importantly, when he's going to be on right here on Route 66 on Camo X on Saturday nights. We'll cover all that with Johnny Rabbit right after this. We've got 20 hours of stuff tonight, and somehow I've got to throw it in a blender and pack it in between now and 11. We're here truly at your service on Camo X. Brad Young, we'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, I was at the Muni over the weekend, and I was watching uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe, which takes place at Gaslight Square in St. Louis. Now, I've been a Muni season ticket holder since 1992-ish, maybe 1993. Uh, but anyway, as I'm sitting there watching this at Gaslight Square, it just reminded me, I haven't spoken to radio legend Johnny Rabbit in a long time. Hey, Johnny Rabbit, how you doing these days, my friend? Well, Brad, thank you very much. It was quite a show, wasn't it? You enjoyed that, I know. It was very good. It was excellent. Uh, and uh, uh, ever since the Muni made that switch from getting people with big names to getting folks from Broadway, the the performance, the scale, and the sheer uh, 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 degree of excellence that's exhibited on the Muni stage is just phenomenal. It really is. The the change is phenomenal, and all of the changes at the Muni are great. A lot of them oh, aren't yeah. seen by the public, but uh, they've they've spent a lot of time. They haven't 
they haven't just been idle for the last year and a half. They've been working on updating, especially the stage and the studios and the places where they rehearse. And, and the sound, and, Johnny, the, oh, sound the sound is is amazing. I mean, when you're sitting there, you, you don't miss anything. You hear every oh. word, every note. It's And the bass is deep. The symphony is <laughs> feels like it's right in front of you. It's fantastic. Well, you know, it was weird that uh, this time for Smokey Joe's, the orchestra was on stage. Yes, they were. Yeah. Very seldom does that happen. They're usually down in that pit, sort of underground. The lighting, Shelby Laura is the one doing the lighting for the sound of music, and she is a real talent. That's another thing. You know, lighting up the night. It's not just like some solitary spotlight there. I mean, there are just so many blends of lights, and now their use of video as well is so good. I mean, one of the things that struck me was uh, the big, giant video of Joe Cunningham. Smokey Joe mm-hmm. from the St. Louis Cardinals, which has nothing to do with the relationship of the title, but uh, he was nicknamed Smokey Joe, and he lived in Gaslight Square. He lived above the Golden Eagle, uh, which was on the north side of the street, and on that fateful night of February 10th, 1959, when the tornado came through there, he was he was actually reading the Bible in his room with his roommate, uh, uh, Don Blassingame from the Cardinals, and the tornado hit, and everybody thought, oh, the square is done. But it was just coming to life. It was really, you know, kind of magical. Incidentally, I was just reading. um, My wife had handed me this uh, story that I had not read before. It was in the Post-Dispatch this weekend, St. Louis Life. And there's a Bill McClellan column. It's called It's Summer in St. Louis. Don your shorts. And it talks a lot about it. It talks about Smokey Joe's. It talks about Gaslight Square. And it's really a well-written article. So I've got my rabbit hat on. I've got my mask on. So I'm all set for our conversation. And I do thank you very much, Barrister Brad, for the invitation to be on with you tonight. I know you've got a lot of listeners waiting to talk. And I think that's a wonderful thing, as you said, at your service. It's the people. It's about the people. And it's so interesting to hear what they have to say, not what we have to always say to them. And that's what makes radio unique. You know, a lot of folks today are are listening to podcasts, which are interesting. I, I listen to some podcasts. Uh, this very show is is distributed via podcast. But live radio is unique because it is interactive, and sure. uh, and that's something at least for this kind of a format is is truly unique to this medium. Yeah, it really is. It's really great, and it's great that we are all able to do it there at KMOX. And I, I don't, I miss being there in person. I haven't been there in person since till March or since March of 2020. So I'm uh, looking well, forward I, to coming back. Listen, I was going to hold this to the end of the interview, but uh, since you brought it up, when can we expect the rabbit to be back here on the KMOX 50,000 Red Hot Watts? Well, I don't know. You know, I can't give you that answer. The uh, tentative uh, time will be after the baseball season, after, of course, the Cardinals win the World Series or whatever they're going to (laughs) do. Well, you never know. You know who it said, it ain't over till it's over, our own hometown Yogi Berra. So, well, and last week I had the honor of being on St. Louis Talks with Carolyn Bow. We did a review of Smokey Joe's Cafe. and I know that, that Smokey Joe's Cafe was really like listening to my Route 66 shows because mm-hmm. out of the 39 songs that are in that production, which unfortunately is over as of last night, I, I normally play 23 of those songs on a very regular wow. basis. Well, right now, we've got a little preview of what's going to happen tomorrow. The Sound of Music opens tomorrow night. Have you seen that show on stage? I have. I've seen it at the Muni uh, at least once, maybe twice. 
And mm-hmm. in the years past, it was certainly phenomenal. But tell us a little bit about the sound of music coming up uh, during the next uh, week and a half or so at the Muni. Well, it runs uh, starts tomorrow, and it runs through next Monday the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's as you said. Where do you hear the singers? Where do you hear Maria? Where do you hear uh, the the mother of? Uh, it's the, the voices are phenomenal. Having the opportunity to have a little preview, so we could do this preview properly. They, if we go back in time, the original stage production, this Rodgers and Hammerstein, the second masterpiece, opened on Broadway all of 62 years ago, and it's still alive today. Originally, it starred Mary Martin and Theodore Bakel. The Sound of Music got it. Uh, first Muni premiere was a three-week run. They haven't done that for a long time. That was 1964. Mm. And then the Sound of Music came back to the Muni lots of times, 1968, 72, 77, 82, 87, 93, 2000, 205, and 2010. And 11 years later, it's back again. And before uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote the Sound of Music, which is based on, I think most people know, Maria von Trapp's autobiography, the story of the Trapp family singers, there were actually three Rodgers and Hammerstein Music Festival concerts at the Muni before the Sound of Music. And those festivals happened in 1950, 51, and 55. Richard Rodgers was supposed to be there with Oscar, the first one. He had fell ill. He didn't appear. Uh, but he was here in the other two events. And not surprising, those guys stayed at the Park Plaza Hotel. Hmm. And Rodgers returned to the Muni, 1969. Uh, for a private performance for the Muni Guarantors. You always see those names in the playbills. These are the people that cough up the bucks to keep it going. Then in 1980, the Muni had a tribute to Richard Rodgers starring Marsha Mason and Walter Cronkite. That was the night before their world premiere of State Fair at the Muni. Rodgers then passed away, unfortunately, the year before December 30th of 79. I thank Muni publicist Laura Peters, who knows everything about the Muni, and I mean everything for helping me with all those statistics. And by the way, uh, this Thursday at 105, I'm going to be on KMOX's St. Louis Talks with Carol, Bo, and Ryan. Uh, ben Boyd called today, and they said they really want to get a review of the Sound of Music to go along with our preview. So here's our premier performance on KMOX of the Sound of Music. Oh, um, do you remember the movie? Did you see oh, the movie? Of course. Many, many, right. many times. It's one of my wife's yeah. favorite. And uh, oh, you great. know what, what's interesting is 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 that Sean Connery, Richard mm-hmm. Burton, and Bing Crosby were all in the running to play Captain Von Trapp in the movie. Oh, my goodness. All, th- all three of those. Now, I can't imagine Sean Connery in the role, <laughs> you know, or, or Bing yeah. Crosby. It would have been a completely different movie. It sure would have been. The Christopher Plummer, he was the guy. Julie Andrews was the star. That was 1965. And that had a vague connection to St. Louis. The local distinction of being the final movie to be shown at the St. Louis Theater, which was at that time, 1965, 40 years old. But the sound of music soon would continue there because in 68, the theater transformed into Powell Symphony Hall, as it is today with the St. Louis Symphony. So that's uh, pretty much all I know about what's going to happen, except that everything is going to be great. They have been rehearsing and rehearsing. I've talked to two people today, well, actually three times in this past week. They're going over their lines again and again. They want perfection. They strive for the best, from the music they to do. the vocalists to the sets to all of it. Well, it it's true. It's you, truly exceptional. Uh, you know, I, I, I've read I've read interviews with folks in when I was in New York. 
a couple of years ago. I read interviews with folks in magazines who said they were performing in St. Louis and they were astounded at the level of of uh, uh, the level of performance that was displayed all summer long at the Muni. They had no idea. Yeah, right. A lot of people don't, but we do here in St. Louis. We do. And it was just great to see that big crowd. And I, I hope this week is going to even be bigger. If I may plug something, if you don't mind. Sure, go right ahead. What's okay. up? My next history presentation will be a week from tomorrow, Tuesday the 10th, 6.30 in the evening. It's by Zoom, and it's for the St. Charles City County Library. It's called From Vest to Velvet Freeze. I'll have dozens of rare pictures, commentary in the history of St. Louis. It's soda and soda water companies, ice cream companies, mm. dairy, soda fountains, candy companies, a very sweet treat. And something I've got a bunch of other stuff going on, but one exciting thing will be our in-person return of my presentation to the Lee Auditorium of the Missouri History Museum at Forest Park. Our first show there in a year and a half. That's going to be on September 28th, Tuesday, September 28th. And the price is right because it's always free. And the name of this event is The History of St. Louis Radio. And it's in conjunction with the St. Louis Sound Exhibition, which opens on August 28th at the History Museum. My rabbit hat is actually going to be in the exhibition. (laughs) Of course it is. Of course. They had to have it, I know. (laughs) And that's going to run all the way to January 22nd of 2023. And soon, I don't think they have it ready, but pretty soon you'll be able to get information on the history of St. Louis Radio and mohistory.org. I'll have a lot of pictures and audio of Radio Pass. Our guests will include Ron Stevens and Joy Gridnick with a comedy-drama skit, live music by Dan Stevens at the Ozark Theater. Rick Wallace, the former newsman of KMOX, with interesting stories about traffic reports and news. Bernie Hayes on the history of black radio. Ed Wheatley to tell about radio sports coverage, a compilation on the history of St. Louis rock and roll and rock and roll radio, created, I think it's about 13 years ago, by Megan Lynch at KMOX. Mm. Producer Bill Schulenberg, classic radio commercials. Maybe even somebody named Brad Young could be there to talk what? about talk radio. What? It could be. Maybe. We have to try to contact his agent as soon as possible. Well, yeah, i got to wait till the check clears. But before we oh, move... Yeah, you're right. before, <laughs> hey, before we move on too much further, though, uh, you mentioned from Vest to Velvet Freeze... The yes, presentation sir. you're doing for the St. Charles City and County Library on Tuesday, August 10. If, if folks want to be a part of that Zoom broadcast, how can they get uh, how can they be involved with that? How, who do they contact and what can they do? I think the best thing uh, is just call the St. Charles City County Library and they will refer to them that they're promoting it very heavily. Uh, so I, I think that's just the best way. I'm not sure the exact person or number okay. that they should call. That's OK. St. Charles. City County Library. And as far and as the by Zoom, you don't have to go. Nobody yeah. has to be there. Just zoom in. That's easy. And if folks want to be uh, at your getting back to the Lee Auditorium at the Muse- at the Missouri History Museum, as I understand it, that's on September 28th live. Right. And as you said, the price is right. It's free. Yeah, right. It's free. You can't beat it. And all these people are going to be there. I have no idea about the space limitations. It usually holds around 350 people. It'll probably be, as things are going, about 150 people. So uh, if somebody wants to get this, they should start checking in with the History Museum to see. I don't know if they're going to be taking reservations or what's going to happen since, I mean, this is a a first. So we'll just have to see. Normally, it's people just crowd in. And I know we don't want to get people crowded in, waiting in hallways and so on. So maybe a little different. But I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I hope... 
that Brad Young can be there. We can talk about that if you have time. We shall see. A radio legend, Johnny Rabbit. Hey, thanks for spending some time with us this evening here on At Your Service. Thanks for your time, Brad. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. Hey, when we come back, uh, I tease some of the stories. We've got other things uh, on the docket for this evening. Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. What is on your mind? Let us show you what it means to be at your service. Brad Young here on Camo X. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young here behind the mic. Matt Pajeski behind the board, ready to take your calls. We are here this evening until 11 p.m. Hey, have you been watching the Olympics at all? Uh, I, I don't know if you've been watching it at all. Hey, Matt, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to watch the Olympics at all. I have not. Usually I'm pretty interested, but this year for some reason, I don't know if it's been work or whatever, but... Uh, uh, not so much this year. I am really into the Winter Olympics, though, but yeah, summer, well, just never as much. Well, the Winter Olympics this year, ironically, are just going to be a few months away now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, hockey is probably my favorite sport of all mm-hmm. time, and some, there's something about Olympic hockey which is just takes my love for hockey to the next level. It's just amazing, I think. You're not a big curling fan, are you? Not really. No, no. What? I know. You're not a big curling fan? <laughs> no. To see a bunch of overweight guys out on the ice with brooms, that's not your thing, no. huh? I think it's harder than it looks. Like, we make fun of it. I know it's I know it's got to be pretty pretty tricky. But but I want to get back to what you said a moment ago, and Matt's looking at me like, Brad, come on, don't quiz me here. I didn't know you were going to talk to me. Go for it. But, uh, uh, but when you mentioned that uh, you just haven't been watching it, uh, haven't been that interested in watching the Olympics, do you think you, a lot of your friends have the same type of perspective? I think so. Um and I don't know if I could say why. It's just, it, it used to be something I was really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if it's work or it's just the hectic schedule, but I, I don't think it's uh, it's maybe as popular with the younger generation anymore. My, my friends certainly don't talk about it. Uh, I don't know if I could give you an explanation as to why, though. Well, it's interesting, and that's why I wanted to quiz you without telling you what I was going to ask you because you fell right into what I was wanting you to say because I've got some polling data on the Olympic ratings through yesterday. And on the polling data, the key demographic of adults between the ages of 18 and 49, which is right where you fall into, uh, the, the, the ratings are dramatically down. They're down 67% for people in that demographic of 18 to 49. They're down 67% from Rio and down 74% compared to London. Wow. Now, I don't know if you watched the London Olympics at all. I, you're, you're a lot younger then. Yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, my favorite part of the London Olympics was when they had James Bond and the Queen jumping out of the helicopter. Yeah. Did you, have, you, have you seen that clip no. before? I, I watched the London Olympics, but I can't remember that scene. That well, part. what they did was is they, they, got, uh, uh, you know, they got James Bond, Daniel Craig. Yeah. In a video where he's, it's like he shows up to really see the queen, all right? And the corgis are there, yeah. and he addresses the queen, and they go out, and they get in a helicopter. And then, of course, with stunt doubles, the helicopter oh, yeah. goes up, and the, both James Bond and the queen jump out of the helicopter, wow. and their parachutes open up, and it's the Union Jack flags. Oh, okay. Which was, I, I just went crazy. because that That's really cool. That's really, really cool. Uh and uh, and so you know, every time I see the queen, I'm thinking, you know, she looks pretty good for a gal that jumped out of a helicopter right. not too long How ago. How did she do that? How did she do that? Oh my goodness! 
but the ratings are just dramatically down. And that's why I wanted to, to, to ask Matt about that, because he confirmed what this polling data is telling us. Overall, overall ratings are down 47 percent. But in those key demographics of younger people, 67 percent decline from Rio and 74 percent decline compared to London. Uh, when you look at the opening ceremony, the opening ceremony declined uh, tremendously for NBC. And in fact, it was the lowest, the smallest audience for the network since 1988. And, you know, there's a couple of reasons for that. One thing I think that that, that Matt could certainly tell us about is that folks at his age group, uh, that's the age group that I got uh, most of my kids are all through. In fact, all my three of my kids are in that age group. Uh, they will tell you kids don't watch live TV anymore. Younger people don't watch live TV. They watch streaming. They're watching stuff on their phones. Uh, they're watching things on demand. They're not watching live television. So that's part of the issue. But, you know, there's another part of this, too. And if you think about from this perspective, half the country today, half the country just isn't proud of this country. You know, to some extent, the allure of the Olympics is rooted in national pride. I know that's uh, there's things that I'll watch during the Olympics that I would never watch any other time during the year. But you watch it and I watch it because we have this idea of national pride. We want our country to succeed. We want our country to do well. We want our country to compete successfully against the other nations uh, around the world. And in particular, the nations that are aligned against us, like China and Russia. We want to succeed against them. And in this instance, if you look at half the country not being proud of, of the United States of America, then it's no wonder that they're not cheering on our nation in the Olympics if they're not proud of our country. And then you've got the flip side where uh, almost another half of our country dislikes the, the politicization of events like the Olympics. You know, when you've got athletes who want to kneel during the national anthem. We had a one athlete at the very beginning of the games that was very upset when the national anthem was played. They were upset. And so the other half of the country doesn't like it that it's politicized to such a degree. So when you put those two recipes or those two ingredients rather in a blender and you add in this other idea of changing demographics changing television viewer habits, then it's truly no wonder why the Olympics are in a free fall when it comes to ratings. It's really not a shock. And I think this is really an indication of things to come, uh, that the ratings will continue to plummet. Now, next two years from now, when the winter, actually not two years from now, just a few months from now, when we have the Winter Olympics in China, those ratings will probably be huge, but not from an American audience. They'll be huge because you'll have more Chinese watching those Olympics. So in that respect, those ratings will probably go up. But to me, I think it's just fascinating from a, from a, uh, a societal perspective that what was once the dominant medium, television, is now falling away in terms of popularity. The Olympics that were the highlight every four years, the one of the greatest, largest audiences you could ever get is now declining rapidly in popularity because of many factors, including those that I've just mentioned.
Have you been watching the Olympics? Let us know. 314-436-7900. If not, I'd like to know why. And when we come back, we've got some other polling data. We've got things going on in Washington. We've got COVID updates. Uh, It's time at this point, folks, to wake the kids and phone the neighbors because there's lots on the docket for this evening. Brad Young here on At Your Service on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Well, I'll tell you what, to paraphrase Mick Jagger here, the Olympics are not starting many of us up because we're not watching the Olympics. And uh, I just got a call from Randy who couldn't stick around during the break. But uh, you know, Randy said something very interesting. He said he's not watching it because of the disrespectful attitudes of the athletes. And, you know, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. So you've got these, I think, three main forces. You've got cord cutters and folks who just don't watch standard television. You've got the left that's triggered by the U.S. flag or triggered by the national anthem, and they got to go into their safe space if they hear something that's pro-American. And then you've got many on the right who are simply turned off by athletes who are out there to make a statement instead of compete for their country and the pride of their nation. So you put all of that together, it results in toilet ratings for the Olympics. That's what you get when you put all of that stuff together. You know, speaking of Olympics and and uh, uh, social justice kind of issues, there was a lot made this year of this uh, New Zealand transgender weightlifter. Uh, her name is Laurel Hubbard. I don't know what her name was when, when she was a man before she became a woman. I don't know what her name was or his name was then. Uh, but Laurel Hubbard has failed in her attempt to advance to the medal round of the Olympics. Even though Laurel used to be a man, she just couldn't compete against the biological women. Now, again, I, there's some rumors going around that she had to drop out of the of the weightlifting competition because of a testicle injury, but I don't believe that at all. That's a rumor. And again, I don't want to be here spreading I don't, I don't want to be here spreading rumors. So uh, but in any event, she's out. And uh, uh, and so and also out are a lot of other people watching the Olympics. In addition to the women's soccer team, they are out as well. One of the other stories I want to get to here before we move much further is that, and I mentioned this at the top of the hour, we've got this legal spat going on in St. Louis County and also in St. Louis City between the Missouri Attorney General between St. Louis County and St. Louis City over the mask mandate. And you might recall in the St. Louis County, uh, uh, I think it was the county council meeting on Tuesday night, we had uh, the county health director, Dr. Faisal Khan, who alleged on Wednesday of last week that he was assaulted, that he was assaulted during this meeting. Now, here's what's interesting. He wrote a letter to the St. Louis County Council Chair, Rita Hurd-Days, and he alleged, doctor, and, and they call him doctor, but he's not a licensed physician. Uh, he graduated from medical school, I believe, in Pakistan, and then when he came to the United States, he's never been licensed as a physician, and nor does he even have a Ph.D. He has a master's degree in public health. 
But if if he wants to be called Dr. Khan, that's fine. Uh, I guess I should be called Dr. Young because I have a Juris Doctorate. Okay, but <laughs> don't call me Dr. Young. I'll hang up. But uh, but in any event, he's alleged that uh, there were racial slurs hurled at him, and also that he was, and this is what's important, that he was shoulder bumped by these uh, hate-filled members of the audience as he was leaving the meeting. Now, if you follow this story, there's been video, two different videos that have been circulating on social media from the surveillance cameras that were there on the, at the meeting last Tuesday night. Neither of these, in fact, one of the videos shows Dr. Khan actually leaving the facility. It shows him walking out, and he's got an escort of a St. Louis County police officer walking with him as they're walking out. There's nobody shoulder bumping him. There was nobody assaulting him. There was no one hurling, and that's the word that he used, hurling racial slurs at him. He was just walking out, and he was upset that people weren't excited about what he had to say. And so the interesting thing now is, is that did is he lying about this? Is there any truth to this? Is there any evidence to support this? So St. Louis County Councilman Tim Fitch is going to be having at the next St. Louis County Council, he's calling the head of security for uh, the county courthouse to actually show up and talk about his review of all the surveillance video to see if there's any evidence that so-called Dr. Faisal Khan was shoulder bumped at the meeting or that racial slurs were hurled at him. Now, maybe they were. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, I've talked to Jane Duker. You know Jane Duker. She was there, and she said that she didn't personally see any or any bumping going on, and she didn't hear any racial slurs being hurled at Dr. Khan. Uh, but, of course, she wasn't everywhere. She's not omniscient, omnipresent, uh, so she doesn't know everything about what went on. But she didn't hear anything. So we're going to have to wait to see what happens uh, after we have this meeting coming up with the next St. Louis County Council to see what the review of all of the surveillance video shows when it comes to that meeting. Hey, coming up after this break, we're going to break down a report from the GOP which says evidence now points to COVID emerging from the Wuhan lab. I am shocked. Really? You mean there's gambling going on in this establishment? It's shocking that the COVID would come from the Wuhan lab. But we're going to go through that evidence and more here on At Your Service on 50,000 AM and now FM Watts here in St. Louis, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.